0: Welcome to another great message from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out our website, faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. But you know, today I want to continue to speak to you for a few moments about prayer. And we have been looking at the Lord's prayer, and we've been going it through line by line. And Jesus really presents this prayer to his disciples as a prayer as a prayer that is going to change things, a prayer life that is powerful and effective. You know, the book of Matthew, sorry, the book of Luke, speaks about the Lord's prayer, and it's a response to the disciples saying to Jesus, "Lord, teach us how to pray." Uh, they saw other people praying. They lived in a culture of prayer, but they saw prayers that were just mindless, uh, prayers that were just saying the words, but they had no effect and no power. And so they come to Jesus and they say, Jesus, will you teach us how to pray? Because we see that when you pray, There are powerful things that take place. And so Jesus goes through the Lord's prayer with them. And so again, we're gonna have a look at some of the great elements and some of the great things that this prayer speaks about that I believe that can make our prayer life effective. Let me say this. Our prayer life is meant to be effective. It is meant to be connected with God. You know, the Bible says that the prayer of a righteous man avails much. When we come together, we have the ability uh, to tap the heavenly realms and really seek after the things of God. And I think many times people in life, they kind of think like their prayer life is kind of this disconnected thing, this routine thing that they often do with no effect or no transformation. You know, it's almost like, you know, the pedestrian buttons that you often see when you're about to cross the road. You know, I read this article the other day just about, you know, uh, they finally admitted that some of these pedestrian buttons that are connected to some of the major arterial roads, you know, those buttons themselves, they're not connected, but those uh, pedestrian crossings are actually on a timer so that they flow in time with everything else. And I don't know about you, but I'm a repeated button pusher. I love to push buttons. If there's a button, I want to push it. And, uh, you know, every time I come up to one of these crossings, I want to push this button as quickly as I can, hoping, you know, that that would speed up the process. But the reality is in some of these large roads, it makes no difference whatsoever. Can I say this? Your prayer life is not like that. It's not like you are pushing a button that is not connected. But when you pray, you are connected to heaven. You are connected to God Himself. As a child of God, you've got access into the throne room of God. And so that's kind of the emphasis and the platform of why prayer is so important. And so Jesus begins to speak to His disciples about prayer. And we've covered some of these things. We're going to continue to look at another couple of lines today. And hopefully they will bless your life. But let me read this again. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 to 13, Jesus is speaking. And he says, Now when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. And then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling. It's what we spoke about a few weeks ago. Like the pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your heavenly Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Isn't that powerful? But then when you pray, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I want to have a look at this morning, a couple of these phrases. The first one is this, give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. You know, the reality is daily bread, daily provision is important. Daily bread is there to nourish your needs and to help you and You know, the reality is back in those days, they didn't have fridges and freezers like we have today. And so we can buy a week's worth of bread and we can store it in the freezer or we can keep it in the fridge. But literally daily bread was a daily occurrence for these people. They would buy their bread on a daily basis. And so Jesus is speaking about their daily needs, not their weekly needs, not what's going to happen from a year from now but he's speaking about their daily needs. And he's saying that you can believe God. You can have an expectation that God will provide for you on a daily basis, that you will have enough, enough for today. Listen, he's not talking about tomorrow. He's not talking about in a week's time. Jesus is not talking about yesterday. You know, so many times we focus on tomorrow and our worry and our anxiety is about what's gonna happen next week or what we didn't do and some of the mistakes that we made in the past. Listen, Jesus is not talking about the future. He's not talking about the past. He's talking about the present. He's talking about you having faith for today to believe God for today. Whatever your need is, God can provide For you today. I think it is a really powerful idea that Jesus is presenting to his disciples. You see, tomorrow is another today, and then the next day is another today. And Jesus is coming to his disciples and he's saying, Can you have faith just for today? Can you believe that God can provide for you just for today? You see, if you can have today's faith, you can use that same faith for tomorrow. The same faith for the day after that and the same faith for the day after that. You know, I was speaking to someone the other day and they were saying to me, they go, you know, what's your plan for the next 50 years and where you want your life to go? And I remember saying, you know what, I don't know if I've got enough faith for 50 years worth of faith in one day, but I've got enough faith for today. I know that God will bless my life today. I know that God would take care of my family today. I know that God will bless the church today. I don't even know what tomorrow will bring. I don't even know where we are gonna be in 12 months time. You know, when we started this year, there's no doubt we would have ever, ever predicted that we are in this position today. And I think so many times in life, we can get so caught up on the tomorrows. We can get so caught up on the yesterdays that we actually fail to understand the power of just living in the present just believing that God can look after us today. I like to think about it like this. This is kind of the way that I began to kind of break down my faith and my daily walk with God. You know, I was reading this book on habits last year and, you know, uh, they say this, they say that they talk about repetition being the the key to mastering anything in life. And, uh, you know, that if you want to, you know, develop in an area and if you want to shape your life in an area and you want to, you know, refine yourself and become better in an area, then, you know, the more times you do it, the more times as you do it, you look back on your mistakes and you tweak things and you shape things and you develop things. The more, the more times you do that, the better you become at those particular things. And the point of the article was this, that little habits repeated over a long period of time with incremental increase and incremental development have a profound effect on your life. And this is the point. Think about this, just a little habit every day of trusting God for today. Just a little habit every morning of believing that God is gonna take care of your needs. Just a little habit of saying, God, will you help me overcome my anxiety? Just a little habit of coming to God and saying, God, today, once again, I put my trust in you. Don't you worry about tomorrow or the next month or what's gonna happen at the end of the year. You can't predict it, either can I. But what about just this mentality of saying, you know, God, the little habit of trusting you, the little habit of just refining who I am, just the little habit of just having a confidence in faith that I've got faith enough for today can have a profound effect on my life. Mastering the habit of having faith enough for today. You know why this is so awesome? Because you know throughout your life, you know, by the time you probably get to the age of reason, maybe to the time that you die, you have something around about 20,000 todays. 20,000 times for you to believe God for daily bread. 20,000 to days to shape your faith when it comes to your belief in God. 20,000 to days to overcome anxiety. Come on. 20,000 days to overcome fear. 20,000 to days just to believe that God is going to take care of you and for you to build a resilience of faith that is strong and that can withstand the storms of life. I think many times we get so caught up in the future and the past. That we actually forget about the power of today's faith. You know, I remember a few years ago when I was doing a, 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 a just a camp in Malaysia, and uh, this was before my son Nathan was born. And uh, I was actually doing a camp for Michael Raj. Michael Raj was one of the pastors in a large church in KL, and they were doing a camp. You know, up in Genting Highlands, and I remember landing off the plane. And they were taking me, you know, to the, uh, you know, to the, to the hotel and then I was going to go preach. And I just caught a bug. I don't know whether it was on the plane or maybe I had it before I arrived in KL. But I just came down with a really, really bad flu. And i got to tell you, my head was thumping. You know, I was sweating. You know, I was just so crook. And I remember going to Michael Raj, who was the youth pastor of that church. And I think they had me booked to preach like 15 times over, you know, four days. I said to Michael, I said, you know, can you reduce the amount of times that I'm gonna be preaching? I'm, man, I just, I'm really crook, I'm really unwell. And Michael Raz was such a hard taskmaster. He goes, no, nah. he goes, we booked you to do 15. You gotta, be, you gotta do 15 sessions and you know, you're a man of faith, you can trust God, God will take care of it. Thanks a lot, Michael. And I, I remember going back to my hotel room and I had to preach that night and I was literally just sweating and I was feeling unwell. But I started to say, Holy Spirit, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I need I need you to come right now. The provision for your life right now is that you'll help me get through this. And the strangest thing happened over that week in that camp. I remember that night as I got up to preach, I was literally on the front row, and I was sweating and I was feeling so ill. But the moment I got up to preach, all of a sudden, all of my symptoms left. It was the strangest thing that I've ever ever experienced. And I was preaching away and people got saved and people got delivered and we had a move of the Holy Spirit. And the moment I got off stage, they took me straight back to my room and, oh, had to go back to bed and sleep and I was unwell again. The next day when I woke up, the moment I got on stage, instantly the symptoms just left. And, you know, church, that just happened for that whole week. It was one of the most unusual things that I've ever, ever experienced. I remember coming to the the end of that session and, You know, they drove me back and I had a couple of days rest in a hotel and I recovered. I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, You know, Matt, whenever you need me the most, I'll always be there. And just this idea that in that moment, just believing God daily, believing God for the present, believing God for what He can do today. I think it's so important for us right now in this season that we're in. You know, most of our anxiety never comes from today, but most of our anxiety comes from tomorrow. What's going to happen tomorrow? Will, I, will things get worse for me tomorrow? You know, will I have more issues in my life tomorrow? Or a lot of anxiety comes from yesterday. If I just want to resolve that, if I just want to fix that up from yesterday. Listen, you can't change the past. And many times you don't have any control over the future, but you can make a decision to believe God for your daily needs today. It's a wonderful season right now to practise this in your walk with God. You know, Jesus often speaks about this or the Bible often speaks about it. You think about the Israelites, you know, when they were asking for manna from heaven or God brings manna from heaven. And you know, the Bible says that some people tried to hoard it for yesterday or for tomorrow. They were hoping that, you know, maybe tomorrow and the next day it would still be there. But the Bible says it became rotten and, you know, it didn't last, you know, the next day because Jesus or God wanted them to trust Him with manna for today. Jesus makes this very powerful statement to his disciples in Luke chapter nine, verse one to three, when he calls the 12 together and he says, come on, I'm gonna send you out so that you can go out and preach the gospel. What does he say? He said, gave them authority and power to drive out demons and to cure sicknesses. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. He was just really saying to them, Take whatever you need for today and believe that tomorrow will be another today that you can believe God and have faith that God will take care of your life. Can I encourage you just in this moment, don't worry about your future, don't worry about your past. Can we for a few moments just live in the present? What do you need for today? God, will you give me my daily bread today? You know, maybe it's physical bread. You know, maybe today it's, it's, it's an emotional need. Maybe today it's just something that's happening in your family. Whatever your need is, can we just be people that will develop our faith on a daily basis? The second thing that the Bible says here is that Jesus goes on to say, says to his disciples, he says, forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. Or really what Matthew says here, forgive us our debts, And we have also forgiven our debtors. Forgive us our debts. And we have also forgiven our debtors. You know, the reality is, it's a command that we should forgive other people. And you know, often we find the easy one, we find the first one so easy to do. God, forgive me. God, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry if I've messed up and I've done wrong. But the second part of us actually forgiving others is completely the opposite. Sometimes it's incredibly hard to do. But I'd say this to you today, both of them are intricately joined. Both of them are together. You can't separate the two. And if you want a fullness of a prayer life that has the ability to shift things and has the ability to break chains over people's lives, not just endless button pushing that produces nothing, then the reality is He has forgiven you much and you need to likewise do the same. You know, I do believe, church, that forgiveness just is a lost trait or a lost art in society today. Just the ability to let things go. You know, I think one of the big ones here is that unforgiveness is just so toxic to your prayer life. It's so unhealthy for your soul. And Jesus is giving His disciples a model how to pray. And He's not just saying, you know, you can pray and God can ease the burden. But He's also saying that when you pray, you can also ease the burden yourself by actually bringing unforgiveness, or oh sorry, bringing forgiveness into your prayer life. You know, we often think about when we deal with burdens that, you know, God takes them off our shoulders and yes, He does. But I think there are other burdens that are our responsibilities. Where we can come to God and say, God, we're just gonna let that go. God, we're just gonna allow that just to, you know, we, we're not gonna hang on to that. We're not gonna just allow that to eat away at our soul and at our prayer life. You know, I think one of the biggest things that unforgiveness does, it just stops your relationship with God from really flourishing and developing and just going to deeper levels. And so being free is not just about being forgiven, but being free is also about being a person who has the ability to forgive others as well. You know, the second point in this whole idea of debts and being forgiven of debts is that when Jesus is speaking to his disciples About these things, I do believe that he's speaking directly into the culture and the fabric of the Greco-Roman world. And you know, there was a form of enslavement that was built into this type of society. And you know, we often do see it today in today's society as well. And there was this idea that if I do a favour for you, now you are indebted to me. That if I do something for you, then now you have a responsibility to do something for me. And it kind of began to constitute this transactional relationship with people of, you know, debt and favors, you know, debt and repayment. That if I do something for you, you now owe me, and now you must give me a favor in return. And the reality is, is, that happened in society. There were people that began to do things that were way out of their debt and they became indebted to other people. And Jesus is speaking to his disciples not just about the act of forgiveness, but about a culture that we should live by, that there is more to this prayer than just forgiveness. But the higher purpose of Jesus' teaching to his disciples is really this attitude to give without any expectation in return, that they will break the cycle of favour and debt and truly be generous people. You know, if I do something for you, that you class as generous, but then I expect something back in return. It's not real generosity, isn't it? It's more of a transactional relationship. You know, I do believe even in leadership, you know, maybe you're a leader here uh, in our church and you're listening to this. You no, know, I do believe, you know, that the danger of any form of leadership in society is really this idea as well. That, that, that if I help you, if I raise you, if I develop you, if I shape you, then I would expect something in return. And, uh, you know, this idea that if I help you in life, that you owe me, you are nothing without me. I've been in some forms of leadership that have been like that, you know. And, uh, you know, it's just not the way that Jesus taught his disciples. You know, there's no doubt that if you look after people, You know, that if you sow, that you're going to reap. There's no doubt about that. If you're kind to people, kindness will come back. I remember years ago when I was just a young man and I felt very hard to kind of make friends and I felt very shy and insecure. You know, I remember God speaking to me once saying, you know, if you want friends, you've got to be friendly. And so I started just to smile at everyone. And hello, how are you? Great to see you. And I realised I have a big mouth with a big smile and big teeth. And, uh, you know, I just realised that if I'm just friendly then uh, I'm just going to make a lot of friends. And that was just something that just helped me tremendously. But Jesus is not talking about that. He's talking about this transactional model that I've helped you out. I've looked after you. Now, what are you going to do for me? And church, I would say this, this is just not a model that Jesus demonstrated. It wasn't a model that Jesus taught. Jesus taught about a model of just giving without expecting anything in return. Listen to this, this will blow your mind today. Listen, Jesus still invested in Judas even even though he knew that Judas was gonna betray him. Jesus still invested in Peter even though he knew that Peter was gonna deny him. And Jesus still goes on to say, Peter, I haven't written you off but now I'm gonna build my church upon you. I'm gonna call you the rock. You know, quite easily, he could have said, you know what, Peter, you've left me. In my darkest hour of need, you walked away from me. So you know what, Peter, you weren't there for me. So I'm not gonna be there for you. I'm not gonna build my church on you. I'm gonna grab some random. Come here, Harry. Harry, you know what, I'm gonna build my church on you because Peter, you left me. Church, how many times do we do that with people? Well, you weren't there for me. You didn't look out for me. You were there in my hour of need. So you know what, bad luck. I'm not interested in you, transactional, transactional relationships, transactional people. And Jesus says to us, he goes, don't be like that. Don't be like this cycle of favour and debt, looking after people in the hope that they'll look after you. Just come with an attitude of being generous and being kind and being loving without expecting anything else in return. You know, church, I just believe that when we do that as a church community, it is not going to weaken our community. Listen, it is going to strengthen our community. You know, when we do that individually in our own families' lives, you know, it's not going to break our family apart, but it's only going to strengthen our family together. And I do believe, give give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debtors as we forgive those who have debts against us. I do believe that they are very much linked together. Because if I understand that man will not provide for my needs, but God will, then I'll never live with this expectation of debt, this expectation of favours that are done. See, I understand that my daily bread comes from heaven. I know that at the end of the day, that God will look after me and my family. And if I understand that, that yes, I can have relationships with people, but I'm just gonna take that pressure off that they're the ones that have to provide for my need. They're the ones that have to take care of my family. They're the ones that have to make sure that they create the right environment for me to flourish. I have a complete understanding in my own life that no matter where God takes me, I know that my trust and my hope and my confidence comes in God Himself. You see, when you have that revelation, you can be generous, you can be kind, no matter what your journey may unfold, you can live a place of just being confident in your walk with God because you're not living with this cycle of debt and favor that so many people in society live with. Church, we've been called to live a different culture. We've been called to live with, with a different mandate, with a different call. And that call is to basically say, You know, God, I know that my needs come from you. I know, God, that today, in my faith, give me today my daily bread. But let me be a person that is kind and generous without expecting anything else in return. You know, Jesus said just to his disciples, this is the way the world will know that you're part of me, that you love one another as I have loved you. You know, the reality is he had so many of his disciples that weren't there for him in his hour of need, but he still loved them. He still put his hand upon them. He still released them to be the first people that actually built the church. It is a great model that you and I can actually learn from. I'm gonna pray for you right now wherever you are in your home. And you know, I just believe that, you know today that the Holy Spirit is just gonna touch you in terms of just you just having daily faith, just believing daily for some of the needs that you are presenting before God right now. But maybe today you're in this place and you don't know God. Maybe today you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe you've never really understood the power of God being your Father and God being your provider. I'm gonna pray a prayer. It's a prayer to lead you so that you know God for yourself. It's not a religious prayer. It's not an endless button pushing prayer that does nothing but it's a prayer that I believe connects you to heaven and as you pray this prayer if you don't know God if you've never given your life to him, if you don't know what it's like to say God you are my heavenly Father then today this is a prayer of becoming a child of God and all over this place and in many different places in Melbourne and you know if you're in your maybe you're watching you know on a train or on a tram or you know maybe you know you're watching at home can I pray for you right now and I'm going to lead you in a prayer I want you to pray this prayer after me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I ask you today to come into my life, to forgive me of my sin, to give me a brand new future. Today I hand the reins of my life over to you. Be my Lord and my Saviour. I want you to take control of my life in your wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Today, if you prayed that prayer, you know, at the end of the, this particular session or service, if you just click on the, I made a decision on our website, we'd love to send you a Bible. You know, the prayer that you prayed is not the end of the journey, but it's the beginning of your journey with God. And we wanna help you with that. We wanna encourage you with that. And we just believe that this your, your best days are just yet to come. Church, can I pray for you in, in all of your living rooms right now? You know, can I just pray that the Holy Spirit would just come and just touch you right now? That maybe today you are worried about tomorrow. Maybe today you regret the past, but can I encourage you that even right now, that you say, you know, God, I'm gonna live in the present. I'm gonna believe that today you're gonna look after me and tomorrow will be another today and you'll look after me again and to the next day will be another day and then you'll look after me again. Holy Spirit, I pray right now, God, for every person in every home, God, we have so many needs, so many myriads of needs of people, God, throughout our church community and Holy Spirit, I just pray right now that today, God, that we have faith enough for today, God, today, that you help us overcome our anxiety today. That today you give a strategy for tomorrow, today. I ask you that you'd bless your people. God, put your hand upon your people today. God, give them another revelation that you are the one that will always supply their needs in your wonderful name. Amen, amen. Hey, God bless you, church. We will see you each the time as we take communion together. God bless. Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date, check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.